Welcome to the Esports Coaching Essentials Podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help level up your career in business. Powered by Coachify.gg, providing all of the tools you need to run your esports coaching business. Track your students, inspire them to succeed, and turn your passion into profit. Sign up for free today. Today, I'm interviewing Adam Antor, Director of Esports at Florida Southern College, a private Division II school where he's in charge of the League of Legends, Overwatch, and Rocket League teams. He also just won NACAD's 2022 College Coach of the Year. Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's just dive right in. So can you uh, tell us about your current gig? Yeah. So I'm the current director of esports at Florida Southern, as you mentioned. Um, I oversee our varsity program, but I also oversee other uh, esports and gaming initiatives um, on campus. Uh, not related to the academic side, although we have a minor in esports management now. Um, I oversee more of the uh, intramural slash other gaming club initiatives on campus, too. Um, but most of my job, most of my time, I would say, is is revolved around the varsity program, um, where we give scholarships to students to come compete for Florida Southern. That is awesome. And I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit more about how much more work, uh, you know, collegiate esport directors do than just coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's even better, too, to hear about the uh, scholarships that you guys are doing, too. Like, that's just, you know, a great sign of, like, how big and how quickly esports is growing. Yeah, absolutely. And I employ part-time coaches for each game underneath me as well um, and uh, work with them to to coach our teams um, pretty regularly and I have a good time. We have, we have a good, uh, I have a, I have, I have a dream job. I like to say, um, so perfect. Yeah. It's what we're all aiming for right. here at the right. end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. So well, why don't you, uh, tell us how you got into gaming and then into esports? Yeah. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I always love this question cause it's something you have to answer, but everyone has the same answer of I've always yep. been a gamer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I learned to read playing Pokemon red, um, so that's my little, uh, snippet, but like everyone else, I've, I've been getting for a long time. Um, esports, I guess I got the first foray into competitive gaming by hosting Madden tournaments in my basement with my high school buddies. Uh, and mm-hmm. then in college, um, I went to a school in Missouri called Truman state and we actually had a league of legends league on campus where we had 50 students interested in playing and we split up into 10 teams uh, or 10 captains who then drafted 10 different teams. Um, and then we competed once a week for a whole semester. Um, and that really got me excited about esports and League of Legends and uh, competing. Um, so I started watching uh, Twitch um, and YouTube videos and things of that sort. Uh, and then fast forward a couple of years, I um, was working at a high school as a marketing director and I saw a kid wearing an esports jersey. Uh, <laughs> I still game with my high school buddies and I wanted to create that same opportunity for students at that school. So I started a club, which then formed into a team. Um, and then eventually I got hired at a college in the area um, to start full time as a esports coach. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, very cool. That's the quick synopsis of my whole entire life right there when it comes to esports. <laughs> Not bad. You you got it down pretty good there. Uh, yeah, I've 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 said that story enough times where I've gotten it pretty efficient at this point. 
Yeah. Well, I really want to drill down into that because you have a very unique background when it comes to coaching, um, especially from some of the other people that we've interviewed for the podcast and where you really just started a team and then it kind of grew from there. You never really, you know, it sounds like, you know, did too much one on one. What uh, what what kind of like, you know, what made you decide to start just like, you know, doing it from that point and would you, you know, kind of, you're just more experienced there at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, I, I think it really became, it, it became evident when I was at the high school level. Um, I was still gaming a lot. I was still watching competitive gaming. Uh, I did a little bit of esports photography. Um, I worked like the Call of Duty Worlds in Columbus back in 2018. Uh, went to a couple of the Call of Duty majors and some DreamHack events and I was getting excited about esports. Um, at the mm-hmm. same time where I started this club on campus. Um, and I found out we had three really good Rocket League players. And then I was like, there's got to be a, a league for them to compete against other high schools in. And we found the high school esports league back then. Um, played in the the summer championship. We ended up, I think, finishing fourth in the country. Um, and then nice. it, it just kind of kept evolving. I wasn't even coaching at that point. Like, I, I literally just, like, brought the kids in and was like, all right, what time can you guys like meet online together and play or practice mm-hmm. or whatever? And they would do it all on them, their own. Um, and I was more of an enabler than a, than a coach. Um, and that turned into a conversation with all bringing all my seniors together and saying, Hey, I have this vision of creating a place on campus for you guys to compete like that. That sounds cool. Right. They're like, yeah, that does sound cool. And uh, I didn't have any money. The school didn't have any money, but um, I had this vision. And a couple months later, one of our, the grandparents of one of our students actually ended up um, donating enough money to build a lab. And it was the first lab at a high school in the state of Michigan. And uh, that was, it was just like a whirlwind because I was doing all this volunteer. Like there was no stipend. We were not a athletic team. We were just a club at this mm-hmm. high school I'm um, competing and I was doing it kind of uh, as a passion project because I knew how important it was for students. Um, and, and then it, and then it kind of formed, I started doing my masters at this school called Aquinas college up in Michigan. And I yeah. found out that there was no gaming team or club on their campus. And I wanted to start one, um, ended up that since I was a grad student, I actually couldn't start a club. And I thought that was <laughs> the biggest piece of garbage ever. So I, I went above the student life department and, Eventually, the conversation reached the president and who decided or, um, I guess, urged the athletic director to start a varsity program under their athletic department. Um, wow. And they were asking me questions, and eventually they asked, offered me the job. Um, and I decided, I looked at my wife, and I was like, I think I kind of want to try this, even though it's risky. Like, this esports yeah. college thing back then, I was like, I don't know if this is going to stick around or, like, I don't know. I, I I'm taking, I'm making about the same, which is not much than my job at the high school, but I think I should try it. And she said, yeah, you definitely should. So I jumped, um, and then it just kind of exploded from there. Uh, so yeah, the, the one-on-one coaching has never really been, um, a part of what I offer. Um, I, I think I'm, I, I kind of know my strengths and my strengths are not the tactics or the strategy. Um, Mm -hmm. they're more focused on the, the communication team synergy, setting expectations, uh, uh, solving conflict, more of the, the soft parts of, of coaching and, uh, uh, the team environment. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That, that, I mean, that's still incredibly important. And yeah. yeah, it's just, it's something that, you know, a lot of coaches who do focus on the one-on-one don't necessarily even have the opportunity to work on. Right. Right. Until right. they actually start working with teams. But uh, yeah. So with the, with the master's degree, then what were you getting your master's in? Um, management. So it, it was uh, basically an MBA, but not, it, it it's, yeah, same thing as an MBA. It's just called something different. <laughs> Uh, okay. I was getting a concentration in marketing. Um, I was doing marketing for a high school. I thought marketing was what I was going to do forever. So I started that master's and then I just ended up finishing it out since I was um, almost done. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's what I have a master's in. Do you feel like that's really helped you on your journey or is it just kind of that was something you were doing at the same I, time? I think it definitely helped. It, what's really great about uh, masters and graduate programs is, um, it's a lot less busy work and a lot more, uh, um, discussion and research and, uh, really finding ways to, or things that you can implement into your, your job like the next day. And I always found Mm -hmm. that exciting because I could learn about finance or how to read some type of crazy graph and I could take notes during uh, class and then the next day implement that into my esports program or into whatever I was doing uh, because it was just so practical. So I thought it was really valuable. It helped me be able to frame a lot of my my asks when it came to like more resources or more coaches. Uh, yeah. higher. Um, I, could, I could frame and, and look at it from a financial perspective or managerial perspective so I could better communicate with my um, higher ups uh, to, to get hopefully those additional resources. So I thought it was extremely helpful. Very nice. So what would you recommend if somebody was wanting to get into esports coaching and more specifically kind of the track, you know, that you're on and like, you know, esports director, you know, what undergrad degree would you recommend? Oh gosh. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think, I mean, I, I think a business degree is always going to be beneficial, but I think what's really cool about um, undergrad is it's like the first time a, a student can choose what they want to study. And I think it's important. It's more important to, to pick something that you enjoy studying than to, to, to pick one specific area. Um, and maybe some of my academic colleagues are cringing at that answer, but <laughs> I, I think it's really, it's, it's so important for students to enjoy what they're learning um, more so than, than to, pick something that they think they're going to want to do the rest of their life, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I have a lot of colleagues who studied something completely unrelated to esports, and it found out, found their way into esports. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to recommend a business degree. I love business. It's really ap- applicable. Um, but I don't think you have to be a business major to be an esports coach or director by any means. Yeah. Gotcha. Now I fully agree. Like passion in general, I think can get you just so far. I mean, it's not going to take you all the way, right? Like, you know, the most passionate individual isn't necessarily going to be the one that always succeeds, but oh man, it can get you through so much heartbreak and, you know, adversity that other people, you know, may not be able to get through if it's not doing, you know, what they're passionate about. Um, yeah. And I do like the business degree as kind of like, you know, if so, if, if you're not sure what you're passionate about for studying, right, but you want to get into esports, you know, business is a great fallback. Um, we've also had people suggest, you know, education as well. Mm. So kind of any of that, like 
general purpose thing definitely seems to be, you know, if you're not sure what to, you know, you know, focus on or specialize in, you know, just go for the general purpose degree. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll probably vary depending on what school you go to and what, what they're good at, like what they're, what degrees they're really good at providing. Um, I can see communications as being a really a positive oh, yeah. uh, degree, yeah. especially if they have a strong like digital media department or classes. Psychology could be a fantastic major mm-hmm. for, for coaching. Um, I mean, there's probably a ton of them. Math, you could use math and then use the things you learn around statistics to better yourself as a coach. Um, I, I, I think the list just goes on and on. Um, and, and for me and my suggestion, it would be just like, what are you most passionate about, um, within it? So awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So you don't necessarily work, it sounds like, as much, you know, one-on-one with the gamers, but it definitely sounds like you're doing some coaching for like your other coaches, you know, the ones that are focusing on a specific game. So, you know, especially in that context, what would you say is your personal style of coaching? Um, My personal style of coaching when it comes to uh, coaches underneath me uh, has always been hands-off. uh, and allowing and, and creating an environment where my coaches can try new things and not be afraid to fail. Um, it's always been like, I'm a, I'm a resource when you need me. I am whatever you need when you need me, but I'm not going to be the micromanager. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and, and I think that's, that's also how I've gone about my entire program and even working with students as well. Um, like even starting in the recruitment process, I'm not a, a handholder by Eddie Beans. Um, yep. But uh, it's it's always been, I've always tried to create an environment where um, my coaches have a freedom to try new things and to try things that they, they think might work, um, but to always be available to, to help or step in when needed. So a lot of times what that looks like is when a student um, questions a coach or is angry or something, maybe an argument breaks out amongst players. Uh, oftentimes that's where I step in um, and, and the coach asked me to come help and, and I facilitate those conversations. Um, but from day to day running practices and things of that sort and, and determining lineups, a lot of times that's coaches underneath me doing all of that. Um, I know that I'm not the expert in any of these games. My players could run circles around me in every single one of our games. Um, and so I, I, it's important for a coach, especially in one in my type of position, to know what value you can bring and where, where your knowledge is going to be limited um, and to find somebody or to work with your players, if that's your only option, to, to highlight their strengths and then bring the value that you can bring um, without without faking it, um, or, or lying. I I've talked to a lot of coaches who, who might not, might not know anything about, let's say overwatch, but walk into practice and act like they know everything. And they're telling their 4k plus team strategies that just don't make sense. Um, and, and that's just not where I believe a coach should be. Um, so yeah, you quickly uh, quickly lose any you know you do standing oh, with all them. credibility. And, like day one, yeah. if you want to lose credibility with your players and like 
no respect, go in there acting like you know more than they do about the game. <laughs> so, I, I mean, any any time I've had a practice, like the first time I practice with players or a team, like one of the first things I say is like, I'm not an expert more than you guys are at the game. But what I do have an expertise in or the ability to add value is around these more softer skill things. Um, I've been working with teams for a couple years now. Um, working with the team cohesion, team communication, and developing strategies around those things is where I can bring value. And um, students tend to tend to be very uh, happy that I'm uh, that I kind of come out and say that. Uh, um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's always underestimated too, uh, to be able to act as, you know, a resource for teams or other coaches to be able to come in there as kind of like that higher authority, the, you know, impartial, you know, adjudicator who's right. kind of, you know, helping <laughs> sort things out. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of our coaches have never coached before, or if they have, it's been a little bit of coaching. Um, nothing rarely and ever any experience in person coaching, which is a whole mm. different ball game. Yeah. Um, and obviously uh, we're not offering, I mean, we don't have full-time jobs for coaches. Uh, a lot of our assistant coaches, when I first started, were volunteer. Um, and now what we have are some part-time coaches, um, but they have a lot to learn as well. Uh, and, and my goal talking with them is always like, Hey, I really appreciate your help. My goal is to get you out of here as fast as possible because I know you are aspiring for more. Um, yep. and if I can help along you along that journey, that'd be great. Um, I've at my last school at Aquinas, I had five different assistant coaches and three of them are now full-time directors at other schools. The other two that wasn't a part of their aspirations. So I, I take a lot of pride in knowing that the coaches that have worked for me who wanted to go full-time into coaching or directing have made those dreams come true um, and are doing fantastic things at much larger institutions than I, I'm at even currently. So, um, yeah. Cool, man. That's an awesome track record. Gotta say, and yeah. I bet it makes it really easy to attract, you know, additional talent if they see that you're willing to put in the time and effort to, you know, help them develop and are, you know, also at the end of the day, willing to see them go on to bigger and better things. Uh, some, sometimes, uh, a lot of, I mean, a lot of coaches in the space who are looking to get to the next level, um, especially when it's a volunteer type role, uh, the, the higher, like a lot of the driven coaches who are really, uh, really ready to go to the next level um, are distracted by flashier teams who have star studded mm. rosters um, over uh, a, a program who's competitive, but not the top. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, it, it's a lot more attractive for a lot of coaches to go coach a top team than to develop professionally under, uh, under someone that they, they want to learn from, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. But it's also one of those things where like coaches themselves are taking such a risk, right? If they're jumping to those, you know, if they get the opportunity to begin with and then jump straight into those top tier teams, especially if they do it before they're ready, then like, oh, man, you, you know, talk about high risk, high reward. You're really kind of setting yourself up to fail versus, yeah. you know. You spend a little bit of time, you know, developing, working and improving, you know, just like a player. And then, you know, you'll be so much more prepared to make that, you know, big jump. Yeah, that's fair. So, you know, especially, you know, when you're working with these assistant coaches, what would you say is the most important thing for them to know or to learn? I think the most important thing for them to learn is 
just to try new things. Like when you're in an assistant role position and when you're just starting out coaching, the most valuable thing you can do for yourself is just to try new things and see what sticks. Um, because it's a lot better to try things when you're, uh, when you're late, kind of new to things uh, mm-hmm. than when you're the person in charge and everyone's looking to you. So like if, if, if my Broccoli League coach makes a mistake, that's on me, and I get to go answer to my boss. Whereas if that Broccoli League coach was a full-time director somewhere else, like it's on him. Um, and and there's 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 this awesome opportunity for new coaches to learn new things. Um, uh, I, I like to I, I used to like to say I don't know if I say it as much anymore, um, but a lot of my job, my first two years was learning how to have tough conversations with students. Mm. Um, I, I don't think we, I don't think many people, uh, in society in general, but especially in esports, know how to have tough conversations and to hold students accountable. Um, and that, that is something I'm still working on and still learning, but something that I've seen a lot of coaches just are not comfortable doing. And that's anything from, hey, you're being a jerk, what's up, to, hey, you need to shower because you haven't showered in three days. <laughs> like, there's, yep. all of those conversations are conversations I've had, had to have with students. And a lot of new coaches just aren't comfortable with that. Um, and I think it's important to learn. Um, I, I, it's also important, I, I think just for everyone in the space right now is like, uh, especially in collegiate, like none of us know how to actually coach. <laughs> and I, I tweeted this uh, a bit ago about developing talent. I, I, I truly believe there are very few people in the space that are truly developing talent. A lot of the develop, uh, a lot of the talent that I see that's being developed is is because the student is driven in developing it on them on their own time. Um, mm-hmm. and, and coaches, I mean, I'm guilty of this. Like, I don't know specifically how to develop talent, um, in esports. Esports is so new, but also like I wasn't a college athlete, so I don't know what it means to be a college athlete. What does a college athletic schedule usually look like? Um, how many practices should we have? How many, should we limit practices? Should we be competing over the summer? Should we be uh, practicing over the summer? Should we practice over breaks? Like none of the, no one knows. <laughs> like yeah. everyone might say they have an answer to some of those questions, but no one knows what truly works and, and uh, what's best for the student, what's best for their, their talent development. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, that was kind of a rambling, but it's, <laughs> it's a good question of like what they need to know. There's so much. Like, I, I don't even know if I could answer that because I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. all I can say is just try new things. Uh, see what works. Yeah, at least at least then you have the opportunity to find, you know, the thing that works or, you know, right. something that works better than what you're currently doing rather right. than just, you know, staying in a rut or, you know, only doing something because it's comfortable and you know how to do it. Right. Or ask someone you think, uh, ask someone who you think is doing it the right way. Um, mm. I think that's another important piece of it. Like even when I, uh, when, when I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing or what should be done on a specific topic, what I do is go f- ask someone that I respect who I know probably does it well, whether that's 
Dan Clark at Maryville, or if it's Doc Haskell at Boise. Um, I mean, Joey Gariziak at Shenandoah, especially like academic related questions. Like I, I go out and find the quote unquote expert in my mind and ask them what they're doing. Um, because I don't know the answers and I, and that's gotta be, that's going to be the same for people who are new to the space as well. Yep. And uh, people that have listened to this will know that I, I like to harp on, you know, building your network, but your network doesn't only have to exist to help you get your next job, right? Like your network can also be there to help you improve and become a better coach or become a better director. So lean on those experts in your network and help everybody improve. Yeah, they can be a gut check. They can be a check of your insanity or lack thereof. Uh, sometimes it's sometimes I use my network to just ask like, Hey, I'm doing this. Is that crazy? Uh, and most of the time it's like, no, that's, that's a good idea. Or yeah, maybe you're crazy. Here's how I do it. Um, mm. So I, I would agree with that hundred percent. Awesome. So not to go too terribly off track, but one question I'm really curious your opinion on is how much should esports learn or borrow from traditional sports mm. or should esports kind of, you know, try to completely forge its own path? Um, I think how I look at it is athletics, uh, traditional athletics has had over a hundred years, um, of time to test things and see what works and what doesn't. And it would be foolish of us not to look at that, um, for guidance on most things. Um, there's, there's a weird idea in esports that because we're esports, we shouldn't do anything that traditional athletics does. And I, mm -hmm. I don't agree with that, but I also can identify that there are shortcomings in traditional athletics that we can do better as a new industry. Um, and, and I would agree with that statement. Um, so, uh, doing everything on our own separate from traditional athletics with no influence makes no sense to me, but also following everything that athletics does, doesn't make sense either. Um, because we have the ability to to build something new without all the the baggage and, and tradition behind traditional athletics. Um, yeah. And that's going to vary by the topic that we're talking about. So uh, <laughs> no blanket yep. statements from me, I guess, is the short answer. Ah, uh, no clickbait today. <laughs> no, no, no spicy take on that one, I, <laughs> I would say. Fantastic. So you mentioned, you know, you kind of see this as your dream job. You know, is this what you plan on staying and doing? Is there something more that you're working towards? You know, what are your future plans? I have no idea. Um, I think that I will forever be in in the education space. I would like to be in esports slash gaming for all that time as well. But I don't personally know what esports is going to look like at the scholastic level in five, ten years. Um, if you told me five years ago this is what I would be doing, I would have laughed in your face. Um, <laughs> five years ago, I was working as a marketing director at a high school down in St. Louis, <laughs> uh, and or up in St. Louis now that I live in Florida. But um, I don't know what the space is going to look like, so it's. I, I think it'd be naive of me to say that this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life, but I, I would hope to do something in this. Um, I do want to try teaching uh, at the college level. Um, it's something I'm talking with our business department about. Um, but the idea of directing uh, esports and gaming initiatives on college campuses excites me and 
and I hope that's something I get to do um, for a very long time. Very cool. So to kind of wrap things up, what would you say, you know, what's the most important piece of advice that you would give a new or aspiring coach? Um, I would say just try it. Like I, the, the greatest opportunities I've had in esports, but also in, in most of my life is just going out and doing something and trying it. And there's, there's a lot of discourse on, on, Twitter about not working for free or, or knowing your worth, et cetera, um, which I completely agree with. But some of these opportunities that I've just jumped into have all been volunteer or just shadowing someone. And it was an exchange of money, but it was an exchange of experiences that led me down a path that has found me happiness and fulfillment at this point in my life. Um, and I would recommend if, if someone's thinking about coaching or thinking about scholastic esports or esports in general do mm-hmm. it. just try it find a low if, if you're interested in in coaching college or coaching a high school team find a local high school or a local college and just volunteer to help out with a, a practice or come shadow for a practice or even if you have the time and the energy maybe being an assistant coach for their whatever team you're you're knowledgeable in um because by trying that you'll know hopefully if you if that's something you want to do or not um but you won't know unless if you try it 100% agree i like it well adam thank you so much for joining us today it was a real pleasure to chat with you where can people find you online if they want to connect uh, uh i spend a lot of time on twitter so you can go ahead and follow <laughs> me at, at coach antor uh a n t o r um i'm also on linkedin adam antor i've got an instagram but i barely put on there or uh post on there um, but, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Mm-hmm.